Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Katie Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Hi, welcome to the show. I don't take your time or efforts for granted to be here with us. So I just want to say thank you so much. And let's dive right into today's episode. Have you ever had this kind of experience that God gave you a dream and it's so big? You wonder how is it possible for you to make it come to a reality and how can you steward that vision? Well, today our guest, Jamie Cross, she did just that. We are talking about that she managed to grow her company to almost eight figures in just two years. She did not wait and see. She right away took action. Before I tell you a little bit more about Jamie, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the Power of One framework. The framework that we downloaded directly from Stone Room, a little bit like Jamie's story you're about to hear, and we also did not wait. I right away worked with over 20 beta testers, and they all got awesome results. The whole program's idea is to set you up so you can become that market of one, fulfill your calling for the marketplace, create that profitable and impactful business aligned with what God has given you, the vision and the mission. So if you want to learn more about it, please go to kellyballer.com forward slash learn. And there you will able to access a free presentation which I presented uh, two years ago on the stage in London at one of my business mentor Chris Docker stage. Also, by doing that, you will be able to access on uh, we have a coming a series of workshops lining up in September and October. The free webinars and teach different aspects of the framework so you can take action on it even before you join the program. Again, go to kellybother.com forward slash learn. Okay, about Jamie, two years after leaving her corporate banking career to be home with her newborn son, Jamie Cross had a longing to build a meaningful empire driven by purpose and global impact. Earnestly seeking direction, she asked God for a billion-dollar idea. Yeah, with the B, not with the M, okay? Days later, she saw a business plan in a dream. She immediately embarked on her entrepreneurial journey, and after nine long years of trial and error, a lot of mistakes and tears, her company is leading a true beauty movement. That is changing the way people do skin. Jamie stands at the forefront of business as a force for good. As she paves a way for men and women to activate their own dreams and embark 
on their journey towards becoming. We're going to talk about RBC, her journey, and also what is the number one factor to get her through from one level to the other. I also asked her question like, how did you hold yourself accountable? We all know that we have those moments of, we know what we should be doing, but we couldn't pull ourselves to do it. On another note, during this crazy COVID period of time, her company has grown over 200%. Think about that. And I think she will agree with me what I'm about to say. Guess why? Because everything from this business start with God and she co-created and steward with God. No wonder in this crazy time, a lot of business decreased, but hers increased. Are you excited about this episode? I hope so. Now, let's check with Jamie. Welcome to the show, Jamie. I'm a distant admirer for a while, but we haven't got to talk until now. So super excited for today. Can you share with a little bit with us about from that dream, which I mentioned in the introduction, the journey until now? It was 2010 and I had, uh, I was two and a half years into full-time motherhood. I left a corporate banking career and we were struggling financially and I was really struggling more in my spirit, in my soul, just knowing that there was more. And I really wanted to build something and create solutions for our financial circumstances. And you know, my husband was teaching full-time and coaching. And so just through a, a whirlwind of you know debit card declining at the grocery store and utility companies calling, <laughs> I remember just being like, this is not my life. This is not what I signed up for. And I can do something about this. And so I... I just went to bed bawling my eyes out and I cried out to God and said, God, just show me a billion dollar idea so that I can change the world and leave a legacy for my family. And so had a dream not too long after that. As a matter of fact, um, after that night, I went to church and our pastor stopped the sermon and came to the edge of the stage and just looked around and said, this has never happened to me before. But the Lord just spoke to my heart and said that there's a stay-at-home mom here who he wants to give a billion-dollar idea to, so get ready for it. So um, not too long after that, I had a dream, and I saw it was like a blueprint, like a roadmap, I mean, so clear. And I was pouring these oils, and these purple flowers were coming out of the oils, and MIG came up out of this dream. And I woke up and told my husband, I'm going to start a skincare company. So it's now been almost, in October, it'll be 10 years of just consistent pursuit of vision and growth and um, really being faithful in the little things. Well, you know, really curious, right? I think a lot of uh, uh, people, they probably, the first thing they ask God is, especially we're in financial uh, challenge, and then normally the first thing they probably ask God is, can you give me a $1 million uh, idea? Curious why you asked for a billion. Yeah, because, um, you know, the Bible talks about being the head and not the tail and being a lender to nations and borrowing from none. To me, if you really want to, for me, like when I think about impact, I think about what it really takes. 
too. And I don't know that I even knew that at that time. It was just in my heart to ask God for that. Now I understand more why I asked him for that. But at the time, I was just crying out to him in desperation and following my heart. <laughs> Yeah. So um, what would you say? Because, uh, you know, when I went to your website and then uh, I think I think your website actually also went through a couple of time of changes. Right. Because I remember when I last time uh, last year or the year before when, they, you know, it looked a bit different. And I just remember that, you know, also as a witness on the sideline to see how you've been growing uh, all these different stages. What would you say, what is that number one factor got used to level to level to level? And this is where I really, I believe that so much of the, the teaching in the body of Christ is like, it's, it's gotten people off course. Mm. People praying and waiting and they're asking God to do something for them, but God already put everything in motion. He said, I've given you all things to, that pertain to life and godliness. And he's set in motion the laws of sowing and reaping. He said, I'll bless the work of your hands. He said, um, see a man who's diligent in his ways, and I will stand, he will stand before kings and not mere men. Um, he, he goes, you know, there's so much in scripture about if you do this, then you will have these blessings. And so it's our responsibility to take action, which action ultimately is the faith part of it. So the hope is the vision part of it. It's where we see something that we can run after. But when God gives you something and um, and you wait on it, or, you know, I, I look at what God gave Adam and Eve in the garden, and we have access to the garden now through, the, you know, through the resurrection of Jesus. Yes. And what he gave us was dominion. And so we are to take authority and dominion over our circumstances, over our lives, and get out there and do something and use the mind that he's given us. I see so many people over, you know, over, like, they, they've done the spiritual thing without using the brain thing. Yeah, exactly. You've got to use, like, the amount of time it took me to understand chemistry and formulation so that I could create products and then going into, like, how do you develop proof of concept and a marketing strategy? Those things, you have to develop your mind. And so, um, but ultimately, I think it comes down to sowing and reaping and being faithful of the little things because he will amplify, um, he will amplify what you give him. I love what you just say. It's so totally aligned with what I often talk to my tribe, say about, you know, God also give you a brain. <laughs> sometimes come to a point like um, we say you know people got procrastinated things or they got stuck they say oh I'm waiting on God I say no God is waiting on you and I'm not saying I'm not saying there are not the moments of course is we need to just stand still and wait but that's not what I'm saying but I'm saying in the context of if God already give you the mission or a vision then it's no use to sit there and wait anymore Absolutely. you you so far you mentioned twice be faithful about the little things can you tell us a little bit a little bit about about little things in your journey yes so well first it started with and i think 
And I talked about this a lot. Like I'm like a broken record saying these same things. So if you hear me, no, 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 no. (laughs) But, um, you know, we have, um, Oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) Um, Oh, faithful in the little things. People often think that, you know, that success starts at the success mark. You know, it's like, oh, that successful person over there is successful because they were successful. No, more than likely, 99% of the people that have success have worked very hard for it. And so for me, being faithful in the little things was, first of all, learning how to make a, a good bar of soap, you know, and I think about the the faith-based, you know, Christian community. And so often we think it's this, like, um, this sort of over, like our business is not overtly Christian, but I remember there's a quote by, I think it was Thomas Jefferson or somebody said, um, too often we think that like being, a Christian business person means putting little fishes or crosses. Like if you were going to see a shoemaker, too often we think that he would put crosses or fishes on his shoes, but ultimately what it comes down to is making a really good pair of shoes. Yes. And so the excellence and like being, making really good skincare that delivers so that when people use our stuff, they come back over and over and over again. They get, they get what they're looking for. We over deliver. Um, you know, and then from product, it was like, how do we really serve people? And when, and then it was like, how do we create a marketing strategy that is going to stand the test of time and differentiate ourselves in a saturated market? So along the way, there's been all kinds of opportunities to cut corners or um, Mm. not build a foundation, just try to grow really fast. And as I looked alongside, like if you, get into comparitis too in the journey can really eat you alive but there were people surpassing me and moving way faster than I did but I believe now like we've built a billion dollar foundation it took us 10 years to get where we are right now and um but I believe the next 10 years is going to be exponential growth because of the work that we did to to be faithful in the foundation building process that's so true. Um, recently, I have a um, teaching uh, class going on. I told about that two scenario. I, I say that it's called Go Fishing with Jesus. One is before he resurrected, one is after. And before he was resurrected, that time, the disciples boat, um, you know, sank and the neck broke. And after he got resurrected, the boat did not sink. The, they got 153 big fishes. The neck did not break. They even got a chance to sit down, have a breakfast with Jesus. And that's pretty much about, I say, the whole marketing funnel right there. And that is a thing. If there's no solid foundation, if we are so easy to call into, well, we need to run faster rather than run solid. Um, it's easy to have those both sinking moments or your neck, yeah. neck up. And I heard such a great news about your company, Jamie, about you guys during the pandemic, you even, you know, you did not lose business, but you grow 200%. So yeah. tell us about that. So, well, and this is part of business that's like this growing a company is a dynamic process. We can never just 
you know, pull the string and watch it grow and sit back and enjoy all, you know, reaping our harvest. It would be nice. But... <laughs> it would be nice. Um, so we're constantly looking at what's shifting in the marketplace. You know, what do people want? What do they need? What's the message that's going to resonate with them? And when the whole pandemic happened, um, we sat back and said, okay, what's the message that everybody needs right now? It's not beauty and we can make your skin softer. It's how do we serve people with our product um, who are now in need of um, just germ killers? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Hydration for hands because, you know, doctors and people who are washing their hands all day are having pro- So we looked at our product line and said, okay, what's our, how are we going to pivot our marketing strategy mm. to meet the needs and the demand of the marketplace? And so. I literally took 30 minutes and redid a whole bunch of videos. We got them up um, on our our marketing platform. And literally, it was just like explosion. I mean, we it takes two months for us to cure our soaps. And, um, and we were like selling out of, of everything. And so um, it was exciting and crazy. But, uh, but it was just pivoting that message from, did you know that the most powerful way to eliminate germs does not come from hand sanitizer? Because that was like mainstream message. Yes. But the message really was actually soap is more effective. And that's like our hero product. So one of our hero products. So since we are on that topic, and I knew that I think I, I don't know how many videos I watched yours. I remember that you were wearing uh, apron and then you were like, you know, stirring up the big pot, that type of things. I remember last year or the year before I watched a, a lot of those videos. You are so great at, at storytelling. You know, when you come to the storytelling uh, in the social media uh can you tell us a little bit about that? Because you just mentioned, right? Because, you know, what all the mainstream media say, y'all use the, you know, uh, alcohol-based sanitizer, those things. I feel my hand is totally dry out, right? So so tell us about how did you use the storytelling and, uh, well, as a marketing head I have, I think, gotta be a strong strategy behind and to express it to the way that you can serve that your tribe. Absolutely. So in storytelling, there's what's called entrainment. And so there's a there's actually a chemical physiological reaction when, when the storyteller is telling stories to their audience. And so there's a connection that happens not only in the audience brain and a reaction, but also in the storytellers. And there's, um, you know, uh, chemicals like dopamine mm. and um, you know the love drug and the uh, the happy drug; those are all being released in your brain as you're hearing stories. And so, storytelling to me is very um, it's scientific, but it, it also dates back to like think about how often Jesus was trying to get his point across. Yeah, and tell stories. And um, what's amazing to me is that it's not just this relationship emotional thing. It's you know, how God wired us, there's actually like a physiological response in our bodies that cause us to be drawn to the storyteller. Um, you know how many times I got up to tell a story, I actually failed speech class, um, and it totally flopped, you know, or I remember in small, like, settings, trying to tell stories and being like, man, that was so flat. 
and I kept practicing. So, um, but storytelling is a very powerful way to get your message across. And so, um, I've spent a lot of time. I've actually spoken on the topic now on stages before. Like, if you break down um, how people learn and how people buy, the best way to do that is through story selling. Actually, yeah, yeah. You know, I feel that it's a theme that you know we kind of just came through. Of it's not like you are a. I would guess you probably is pretty introvert. Me? Mm-hmm. Are you introvert or extrovert? I'm probably more ambivert, but yeah, I think more introvert than extrovert. Right. So also, you just share. You were not born like you are just so good at storytelling, right? You were also not born, or let's say your academic background is 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 about the soap, about all those uh, chemical stuff, right? You were not. So through the ten years of journey, I'm sure it's not all rainbow, right? So there are a lot of up and ups and downs. I would imagine, and. How then did you keep yourself accountable? Because I know that as a fellow entrepreneur and as also serving fellow entrepreneurs for over a decade, I know that we all have those moments of, okay, in our head, we know today we need to do X, Y, Z tasks, but we just cannot bring ourselves to do it. Mm-hmm. How did you overcome that? Yeah, and I think there's seasons of like, you know, push hard and then, you know, and there's seasons of of rest. And when I say rest, I don't mean in action. Um, But I was having babies and nursing in this whole process. And, um, but the number one way to stay accountable and driven is, you know, and I think there's, for me, it was always understanding that I could either pay the price of mediocrity and stop what I was doing because I didn't feel like doing it anymore, or just keep moving forward and um, and pay that price, the price of um, being accountable. And you can't really rely on anyone else to do that for you. you I don't, like, accountability partners in, in business, it doesn't work. You have to be driven by vision. And for me, I was also very much driven by fear. Um, And I would say a healthy fear, not a scared fear, but a fear like knowing that if I don't do this, I will now be, I'll be unfaithful. God gave me a vision. And if I'm not going to be responsible towards it, then he's going to find somebody else to carry it out. And there were, there were hard times and there were times when, you know, I'm beating my head against the wall and I'm going to throw my laptop out the window. But I knew it was like, if I don't, then what? You know, we go back to Nathan's teacher salary and this vision that I hold in my heart is, it's up to me, right? And so God's not going to, like you said, God's not going to do it for me. He's not going to build a skincare company for me. It's my responsibility. And so um, I could look, I'm visionary, so I could look into the future 10 years, 20 years, and imagine myself at 40 and 50 and 60 and 70 and be like, oh my goodness. And me then looking back on the me now saying, what if I had only, and I mean, I started when I was 30 years old, I just turned 40 and I'm imagining like, oh my gosh, 
Thank God we kept going 10 years from now. Like my husband and I work full time together. We have choices. You know, we are building a life where our kids have us around, you know, and we're doing the things that we're called to do. And, um, and I imagine myself not having those things in the hard times. Like it's either I go for it and keep going or, or we're going to be stuck. And so I refuse to live that way. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. I think it's, uh, I know it sounds almost uh, uh, cheesy in a, a way that we say you really have to ground yourself. What is your, your real why, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. when the tough time hit, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for me personally, on top of what God want me to do, for example, that, that all impact our lives. Um, I wrote in my, my board from me, it's, you know, in the Proverbs 31 woman, and there's a sentence say, you know, her husband and her children call her blessed. For me, I want my children to see, okay, mama has done that. And so that it's, I think a lot of times, okay, we are a Christian family, but I think a lot of time, even our loved one around us, you know, we are the only Bible they are reading. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such a good Saying, yeah. Because we, we, you know, it's, it's a lot of time I say, you know, we preach the, we should preach the gospel all the time, but only when you only use words when necessary. Because mm-hmm. people are really, you know, watching. I mean, you are, what, what we're doing is a whole lot, whole lot more stronger than what we are saying. And um, I really love you in your website, you mentioned about the MIG philosophy. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us about, I, I, you know, 10 years, yes, business, obviously we need to make profit, you know, otherwise we cannot, you know, sustain ourselves, then the rest, you know, we, we don't have to talk about it. But I would imagine after 10 years, God must extend your vision and mission, I would imagine. Yes. I forgot to ask a very important question. What's MIG stand for? It stands for, um, so for our internal team, our internal brand, it's Mighty and God. I thought so. <laughs> outside. Branding, out overtly, it's Mighty and Good. Oh, okay. That's awesome. You, you can have both. I need to think of those things for my business. Come out with something I can be internal, external. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about the... Uh, the, the, the mission or vision in this stage now after 10 years? Yeah, so we have transitioned into a social selling model. So the mission comes down to building people. Really, um, you know, we're in an industry now that needs restoration. A God-given industry where, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful business model, but people, we're building people we're helping to give people their power back in their health as we're doing a lot of education and we're doing seven day challenges. But ultimately the mission is to activate people in a way that they begin to fix their money problem because it's impossible to change the world when you can't pay your utility bills, when you can't go grocery shopping. So when you can give people choices and give them a vehicle to unlock their, their financial resources and you equip them as leaders and you develop them as people, um, 
now they can go out and, and take their dreams and their visions in the world by storm. Um, so it really does come down to building people within their health and their, and their wealth. And, um, and that is not a small feat. We're taking on a 120-year-old industry right now, and it's a beast. <laughs> yeah, so um, can you tell us now some departing wisdom of what are some mistakes the past mistake that you think you learned the most lessons out of it? Yeah, you know, I've grown the most. It's funny, one of my um, my friends who's actually in the corporate world, she's not as much of an entrepreneur, and she said, Jamie, the hardest thing you'll ever do is grow a backbone in business. Mm. And most of that has come through hiring the wrong people um, and then not firing them sooner than I should have. And so prolonging um, a really bad situation. And it's, it's crazy how much I've learned about the different generations, you know, what's happening in the school system. I understand what's happening in the school system right now based on some of the people that I've hired. And I'm like, this is appalling. We've got unaccountability and um, unscrupulous just character and, um, and so it's really come through having people do unscrupulous things or be unscrupulous where I'm like, man, I need to grow <laughs> and recognize these things sooner, but then helping just, you know, develop people in the process. But I would say um, make sure you do your due diligence in hiring people and being spirit led and just, you know, checking backgrounds and <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. Isn't it interesting that, you know, when you come to a kingdom, it's all, you all start with people, mm-hmm. right? So you all start with people. Uh, you know, what I think just that you said before, I think part of the reason why your business can uh, grow so fantastically because you focus on your people. Uh, mm-hmm. I would imagine it's your people, your, your clients, but your customers, but also the people within your team. And uh, um, so, I mean, Jamie, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. Can you tell us how can we support you more? Oh, thank you so much. Um, you know, I would say probably starting with the Her Effect podcast is the best way. Okay. Um, That's a, we'll put a link in the, yeah. Yep. Um, or on YouTube and iTunes. And um, that's a great place to start. That's where we're really building people is on the channel there. Um, you can find all the information starting with that place. <laughs> That's awesome. Is it Her Effect podcast? The Her Effect. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie, for today, the time spending with us. And, uh, you know, we will continue to watching and uh, praying for your business as well. And we, we can... Uh, we need more of Jamie out there in the marketplace for sure, especially when you come to the house. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was great to talk, Kelly. Yeah, thank you. How did you enjoy this episode? I hope you are inspired and also motivated to really take that dream that which God has given you and moving forward. Would you please tell us that what is your number one takeaway or uh, your number one action step? You can email us at the podcast at kellyballard.com so we can shout it out for you. 
Now it's just like Jamie shared. I also say the same thing often. You can listen to this episode or other episodes or other podcasts forever. Yet you don't take that one step action to move forward. Then you will not see the result, right? Because faith without work is dead. We know that. That is precisely that. In this season of my life, as God told me after my fiftieth birthday, it's about to feed the sheep in the marketplace. That is precisely why I am so passionate about power of one framework. Just like the blueprint that God has entrusted Jamie for it, God has trusted me with this framework to activate the Christian leaders. Especially the business leaders to become a market of one by creating the impactful and profitable business. Most importantly, aligning the identity that which God has given you. So, if you want to learn more about it and also have access to coming a workshop series in September and October, please go to kellybala.com/learn. For today's show note and all the links for Jamie, please go to kellybarter.com/slash-zero-nine-five. I will see you in the next episode. Hi there! If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment and drop a review on iTunes? It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellybala.com/review. Again, that's kellybala.com/review. We really appreciate it, and you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO podcast at www.kellybotter.com.